Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of On The Dot Podcast. I know I took a week off last week, but I'm hoping the length of this episode can make up for the missing one last week. I've been friends with this guest for over a decade, and we talk about all sorts of things from growing up in a foreign country, questioning identity, sexuality, career changes, the whole fucking lot. I apologize in advance for the eventual slurring or if we end up talking about topics that we've already spoken about, but you know what? That's what half a bottle of fucking Ciroc will do to you. Introducing none other than Mr. Moon. Hi, Henry. Welcome to On The Dot Podcast. Hi, Jennifer. Thanks for having me. No problem. We are very, very lucky and happy to have you on today. I'm very lucky and happy to be on today. (laughs) Uh, To preface, we're... A little bit under the influence. We won't tell you under the influence of what, but we'll, we'll leave that open to interpretation. Yeah. Um, let's start at the beginning. Where, with the where, in- <laughs> If you guys don't know, that's just like a, it's a meme. It's if you a, don't yeah. know, like you're a fucking idiot. But anyway, so we'll start at the beginning where we always start. Yeah. We'll start with, your childhood. Tell me what type of child you were and what your family life was. I've always been like a really good kid, I feel. So I was born in Cambodia and my family, we're ethnically Chinese, but my grandparents from both sides of my family moved to Cambodia and that's where my parents were born and that's where I was born. And um, I think growing up, we were just very average. (laughs) (laughs) Not really good at anything. Not really good at anything, but not really bad at anything either. We're pretty, <laughs> we're pretty no- like a, like yeah. a normal family. Right. Um, I guess. How many siblings do you have? I have one younger brother. I think we were very in touch with our Chinese side. Okay. Even though we had lived, we were living in Cambodia. So. How were you in touch with your Chinese? Um, like we ate Chinese food. We celebrated Chinese holidays. We um, spoke Chinese, and but because we were living in the environment was Cambodia. I, I, it just felt like we were also culturally aligned to that. Would you say it's the same as, let's say, for example, us? Like, we're heritage-wise, I guess, we're, you know, Southeast Asian yes. descent. But yes. because we live in Australia, we yes. celebrate Australia Day or whatever the fuck, Christmas. Yes. Yes. Is that the same way that you feel? Yes, like that. Just okay. like that. Like, you're, wow. you're, you're, you're Australian, but at the same time, you're also Vietnamese yeah. or what? Whatever the fuck you are. Whatever your background is. Yeah, yeah, like I, that's what it was. It's, um, but then the the, the thing is with me, like when I moved to Australia with my family, I, Mm. I had a really hard time considering myself Australian. Right. Only because like I had this notion that Australia is white. Right. Right. So, and I'm not white and people don't look at me as, like people don't think of us as your typical Australian because they think of a white Australian. What do you mean I fucked all like this? (laughs) I am fucking Australian, mate. <laughs> you fucking rat. <laughs> I know what yeah, you mean. Like, yeah. physically, we don't look Australian. No, no, right? But in a lot of ways, like, I reflect back to the person I am now and the person that I used to be. Like, I'm definitely not 
culturally Cambodian Chinese anymore. Mm. I'm like I, I remember going back to Cambodia before COVID and I realized, oh my god, I'm so different. I'm so different to my cousins that are there, I'm so different to the people who are there. Can you tell and, me how specifically you're different? Like mannerisms, yeah, beliefs. Yeah, like just or maybe it's just me personally. Like I don't take life so seriously. Mm. I'm very I've been called loose cannon so many times. Yeah, you live in the moment. Yeah, like I, I just feel like I'm not as structured as what I would have been if I had stayed in Cambodia with everybody else. Yeah, so um, so in that regards, I just don't feel like I fit into that culture anymore. And like at first, I was really sad about that because I was like, this is what I held on to for so long. But I knew that that like the the environment had changed me almost. I still have a hard time now telling people that I'm Australian. Really? Because I just don't feel like that's who I am. You're different to maybe a lot of your friends. For example, m- myself. Yeah. Who were born here, we yes. grew up here. So yeah. I don't think we really battle with that cultural yeah. aspect. I don't think it holds that much weight at all. It doesn't matter. Like I don't mm. I don't care for being like to be Australian or yeah. to not be Australian but I think maybe that is because I'm inherently I inherently feel like I'm Australian because I grew up here yes yes I didn't, yes I didn't have to overcome that hurdle of growing up in another country yes and then having to make that shift yes mm-hmm. and I think that's how I feel about when I say I'm Cambodian because I'm ethnically not Cambodian right but I was born there that's like I did everything any other regular Cambodian child would um so there's like there's that battle that yeah but it wasn't even it's not even a battle to me it's just the way that it was okay right and it wasn't until i moved to australia that i realized hang on like what's what's my cultural identity then Mm. yeah because now um and i did something else into the mix yeah now there's like something else and i'm like oh this is different i think i had always rejected the australianism because i felt like I was living in somebody else's country. Like I was living in a white man's world. Wow. But then it wasn't It wasn't until I was at uni and I did um, a course about like indigenous cultures or something when I started to really realize that um, white Australia was made up. It's not, it's not what Australia was or is, or it's like, you know, it's, it's, we're on stolen land. So it's not yeah. my displacement wasn't because I didn't fit into white Australia per se. Like, mm. does that make sense? What you perceive Australia to be. Yeah. You know, Anglo-Saxon, uh, Western, white, true blue Aussies is mm. not the origination of Australia. No. Yeah. And right. I, and I hadn't realized that until I had done like that course. Mm. Um, and I'm like, hang on, white people are the immigrants too. Yeah. So they should be feeling exactly the way that I feel. So why do I feel like I'm on somebody else's, land you know and i was talking to one of our other friends and she was saying how um we need more representation in the media like asian representation in the media to me i always thought but we're we're sort of like living in somebody else's country right you know what i mean like we we've we've migrated to this white australia so we shouldn't be asking for that because we're we're not really Australian. We're not really Australian. And then I didn't come to realise why that was so important. Only up until um, I understood fully that white Australia was created. It wasn't... Mm. It wasn't... Inherently it, Yeah, it wasn't white. inherently white. Yeah. It's 
white Australia has a black history. Yeah. Like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's when so I sort of became more comfortable with, with realizing or saying that, oh yeah, well, I'm Australian. Like I, like that's the culture that I'm in now and I should wow. probably embrace it. But, but a part of me still feel like I'm Cambodian, mm. even though, even though I'm not Cambodian, I'm Chinese. <laughs> But I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I'm culturally Chinese because I've never been to China. Whatever I know to be Chinese culture has come down from my family. It's not that I was in that environment. Sounds like a lot of, I guess, identity yeah. battles and questioning. Yeah, right? yeah. What even made your parents come to Australia? I, th- I think, um, oh, first of all, my parents, we're, we're not refugees, like a lot oh, of okay. um, Asian My parents are refugees. Migrants, yes. Mm-hmm. I think they just wanted a better life. Like they just wanted to be in a country that was stable, that okay. they could, you know, like healthcare and just stability. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and safety and not, not living in a third world country where, you know, you don't know what, what's going to happen the next day. And, and did they come and sit you down and tell you that, hey, buddy, we're moving to fucking Australia? Please, we're Asian. We don't do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't. We don't. Hey, buddy, let's sit down and talk about our future. Um, so true. Uh, it was. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was like I. I had always like I. I don't remember because I was so young, but it was. I think it was like oh we're gonna go to Australia. Yeah. So we just. It just happened. It just, it, well, to me, it just felt like it happened. Right. Um, but I know it was quite a big process to get mm. like paperwork and stuff done. Okay. But, um, yeah. That's so interesting. I actually didn't know that your parents weren't like refugees, like a lot no. of our parents are. No, no, we're not refugees. And, um, like we're, we were quite okay. We're, we Comfortable. Weren't, yeah, we were, yeah. we were good. Like we, we had a good life in Cambodia, but I think there's always that notion that you can have a better life. Mm. Yeah, and because I guess like the Western world is what is perceived as you know better. The, the better, the better of of the two. I just remember being very sick, um, and as soon as the the plane touched down, like the plane had landed and it had stopped at Sydney Airport, my vomit came out. Oh wow! I held my mouth closed, like with my hands, mm. like closed my lips so that the vomit wouldn't come <gasps> out, and it bloody came out of my nose. <laughs> Who were you sitting next to? My mum. I was sitting next to my mum and my brother. That's okay then. Oh, I was just... Disgusted. I didn't think that could happen because I thought, yeah, I got this. I got this. Mm. My mouth is closed. I'm I'm just going to hold it in. Mm. And then it came out of my nose and then that was when everything just... like Yeah, right. The flight attendant just looked at us like, oh, shit. (laughs) These people. (laughs) These people should have turned the plane around (laughs) when we had the chance. What type of upbringing did you have? I guess for the first, like when I was younger, because we had just moved here, I still had a very like Asian upbringing, I would say, like very traditional, like still living very Asian. Define Asian. Like, what do you mean by like really strict or? I wouldn't say my parents were strict, but I wasn't allowed to have sleepovers. I wasn't allowed to after school they would go hang out with their friends and stuff i wasn't allowed to do that was like go to school and then you come home like why wouldn't why aren't you home i don't it always goes back to food for me i don't know why but we always ate like asian food we always celebrated asian holidays we we don't celebrate christmas we don't do that present thing we don't um yeah yeah, and like maccas was a treat yeah it wasn't something that we had every day like yeah like like white food would just be a treat for us Mm. what type of relationship did you have with your parents like were you close to both your parents or one more than the other um i'd say i'm closer to mum. i think because she stayed home and looked after us 
more the most like just reflecting on like just my family life in general I think my dad was closer to his mum too mm. um, rather than rather than his dad I think that's normal in many ways in Asian culture yeah in, in yeah. Oh, like within my extended family anyway yeah. you'll be closer to your mum because mum's the one that's always like cooking looking after cleaning, you looking after. very maternal I feel like yeah, yeah. like yeah. I, I could also I would bring that to my family yeah. as well and say that yeah like a lot of our like my siblings and myself we're closer to my mum because yeah. just because she is so maternal and she like you can just feel and see the love yes for her from from her yes not saying that my dad fucking hates me or anything, <laughs> anything but like you know you don't really see it like there, yeah. there is like that kind of exterior that perhaps like that toxic masculinity that they put up yeah and you don't you can't create that bond yes with someone who maybe has kind of that wall yeah but i don't think it's a wall that they put up intentionally it's yeah. just the way that they grew up exactly 100 percent. it's just how it is yeah and then and then like just it just got me thinking like have you has my mom has i don't know where i was going with that Sorry. what your mom, um, your mom has, never, has never said like i love you or something yeah like i, I don't think my mom has ever said i loved you first right to any of her kids yeah but then it would be more strange if my dad would have said it because i don't think i've ever said that to my dad like the, just the thought of it is that's really so bizarre like it's yeah. not even in our vocabulary like it's what's stopping you from changing that I, I always say, like, I love you to my dad and my mum. Yeah, but see, I, I would be able to say that to mum now, mm. but I would probably never be able to say it to dad. Sometimes, like, there's no... There's nothing stopping, stopping you from doing that, don't you think? Just my humility and But is that... And... Is, is dig- dignity and humility worth... A co- maybe like a closer you yeah. don't even know like you don't you don't actually know if your relationship will change but if you want to say it like what's uh, no it? i think he's, he's just so chinese like he's just so <laughs> just like stoic and yeah. just very oh my, my parents are both very stubborn mm. so um yeah but what, what does just, stubbornness have to do with anything like what does stubbornness like have they just to do won't admit they, no they just won't admit it and i think it's i think it's just like you don't like in Asian culture, you don't say it, yeah. right? You just don't say it, but you express it in other ways. Yeah. Like, mum would cut me Which through. is so unhealthy because we need to hear, especially if you're a type of person that needs to hear. Yeah, it. yeah. Like, yes, the gestures, the acts of service yeah, yeah, yeah. shows love. Yeah. But sometimes you just need to fucking hear I love you. Yeah. Or, oh, well, I, I guess... What I need in your yeah, face. What? <laughs> I don't know how you say no, I love you in Cambodian. No, there's not even there's oh, not even there's not even up. a way to say it. That's so fucked. I'm thinking that no. There's literally no way to say I love you in Cambodian. Is how much like people from a don't parent. express it. Yeah, like yeah. from a parent to a child, right. there's no way of expressing it. There's a way to say it, like in, if you're in a relationship and you're saying it to the person that you're in a relationship with, but there's no way of expressing I love you like in words. From a parent to a child or from a child to a parent. Doesn't that just say so much in itself? Yeah. Like, that it's so not commonly it's used. That yeah. you, there's, there's no way of expressing it. So yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's, mm. But I think it's common knowledge, mm. right? Between... It, well, it depends. I feel people. like it depends if, you, if you're if you the type of person that... Let, let's say, for example, like if we just look at the, the love languages, if you're yeah. a words of affirmation type of person, yeah. and your, yeah, your mum is showing you or your parents are, show, is, are showing you love in acts of service you do know that that is coming from a place of love, but 
the way that you feel love, if that's different, if that's through mm. words of affirmation and they don't say that. Well, you... hun, you're not going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking accept it and move on. You're not going to get it and move on. Yeah, so like I, I feel like when people give me like a compliment or something, I don't know what to do with that. Just say thank you. Yeah. Move on. Yeah, like now now I'm like, okay, mm, like mm. just thanks, I know. Or I just pass it off like, oh yeah, I know. Mm. It, ma- it makes me feel so awkward when people are like, you're doing such a great job, you know, you're going to smash it. You're like, I was like, yeah, like to me, those words are just words. Like, I don't know if you're joking or I don't know if you're if I should be taking it seriously. What I would just, you say, yeah. while we're on this topic, what would you say your love, do you know Do you know the five different love languages? Um, not well, but I know. So we'll just recap it. Yes. So the five love languages are acts of service, yep. words of affirmation, uh-huh. physical touch, yes. gifts, yes, and... If you know what, comment. If you know what, comment. <laughs> she's, she's struggling. What are they? As a service, physical touch, um, words of affirmation, gifts, quality time. Quality time. Quality what, time. What would you say um, your top two are? Um, I would say quality time and acts of service. I know there's a quiz that you can do, mm-hmm. and I think I did it a while ago, but I don't. I don't remember what, what my answers were. But I like for me from the top of my head, I would say quality time. Um, and like acts of service. Mm. I don't know if it, this is again not backed by any form of fucking research. Asterisks. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this at your own risk. Yeah. I've heard that your love languages are things that you lacked when you were younger. Yes, I've heard that too. I've heard but that. But that's not the case. If if your parents loved you in acts of service, and your form of love is yeah. acts of service. But it makes sense. It's like, this is the way that I felt love. So mm. in my adult life, I feel love through thing, people like kind of doing, you know, yeah. like kind gestures or whatever. Yeah, because I'm like that as well. Like my, one of my love languages is acts of service. Yeah. Because I just I think, think it's, it's nice when somebody thinks of you and 100%. they're doing something for you exactly. rather than, yeah, like you can give me a gift and I'm like, oh, I, and I would appreciate the thought yeah. of you buying the gift totally. then, then the gift itself whether 100%. or not I love the gift or I needed the gift or not like I I appreciate the thought but for whatever the gift is you know mm, I totally get you yeah but then I react like I said like I react really badly to words of affirmation I just don't know really? where to I don't know what to do with it because maybe I I didn't grow up with it if someone like compliments you or whatever like if anything mm. shouldn't that reinforce your thought or whatever. Like, let's say, for example, let's say, like, this is just a hypothetical mm. situation. Like, you're wearing an outfit and I'm like, oh my God, love their fit. Love their outfit. Love everything. Loves how you put it together. Wouldn't you just be like, yeah, fuck no. Like, if I, there any, yeah. any doubt in my mind that I, it wasn't great, it's gone. Like, so I've mm. just got validation from someone else. And I don't know if that's like a healthy way to look at it. Yeah. But you just say thank you and move on. You wouldn't counteract to their argument or their, their point. Yeah, I, I feel like before I used to, I was like, oh no, it's nothing. Like... But maybe that's also another Asian trait because mm. I know that when somebody says that something is good, you tend to like deflect and say, oh no, it's not just to be humble yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think I used to do that too growing up. I've never been like that. Can I just say? Give yeah. Me, give me the fucking praise. I'll take it. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> say, say my socks are nice. I'll take it. Now I'm like that. Now mm. now if you compliment me, I'm like, yeah, I fucking know because I put effort into it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fucking oh. Fucking oh. You gotta, no one's going to love you as much mm. as you love you. I'm just 100%. Tell me a little bit about your high school life, even primary school, if you want to touch on it. What kind of friend you were? Like, did you have any difficulties? Did I have any friends? Were you a loner? (laughs) (laughs) You were a loner. Tell me about that. 
Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's where all my that's where all my adult pre- um problems stem from. Tell me about tell me about your like primary high school experience. Okay, so I I started primary school. I remember this clearly in term two of year one. Okay. So I was seven. I might have been like seven going. Yeah, so I was I was seven and I was starting term two in year one. I remember that experience being so it was like a fish out of water experience because I was put into like an English class, right? Everybody was speaking English and I had no idea what they were saying. And I was just sitting there and I remember I wasn't in uniform, so I felt like So out of place. I just felt so out of place. But like what can I do? I'm already in this situation. I just have to make the most of it. So I just Try to absorb everything. I was taken out of class to do like extra support because I was like ESL. Yeah. Sorry, the only reason why... <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> the only reason why I laugh at ESL is because my boyfriend calls me ESL. He's like, you're ESL. He don't even know. <laughs> but, but I was like... Because I've like never done like ESL classes or whatever. Yeah. And he was like, well, what language did you learn first? And yeah. I was like... Yeah, technically. And he was like, then you're fucking ESL then. Well, yeah, you are ESL. But mate. actually, I've learned yesterday from one of my work friends that... He, who actually worked in the school part of the Department of Education. Yeah. And you maybe you can confirm or deny this. That the language that you learn first, if it's another language other than English, then, then yes, yes, you are ESL. But yes. if you learn it in schooling, yeah. if you learn English first, then you're not ESL. Is that right? Yeah. So the language that you learn at home, like th- that your parents speak to you first, oh, what? ESL is English as second language. But he said it was more in the in the schooling system, not what you learn at home. Well, he's wrong and he should be punished. To um, clarify that, apparently, yes, I am ESL. Yeah, she's, she's fucking ESL, am I? <laughs> um, yeah. What the fuck is wrong with being ESL, though? We can speak another fucking language. We we have a skill, yeah. We you we literally speak fucking English only. That's boring. Yeah, that's boring, Sean. So yeah. <laughs> you're fucking boring. <laughs> vanilla. Yeah, no one likes vanilla. <laughs> the vanilla ice cream is always the reject. <laughs> it's always the one that has the most um, packages left on yeah. the shelf. Yeah, because yeah. everybody goes for like Napolitano or, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but actually, English was like my third language at that point because. Because we would speak Chinese at home, but because I grew up in Cambodia, I would, like, the environment that I was around was, was speaking Khmer. So I, like, I spoke Chichao and Mandarin and Cambodian. So English at that point was, like, my third language. And I just remember sitting there, not having a clue of what everybody was saying or doing. And schooling was so different. Because um, I had gone to school in Cambodia, but I didn't go to Cambodian school, I went to Chinese school. Fucking hell. So you're really battling here. It's like Cambodia versus China, yeah. Chinese versus yeah. but, Australian. But, but, but when you're living that experience, you don't think of it as a battle. Like, I never thought of it as a battle. I okay. just thought of it as... Confusing. Is, like, no, I didn't, no, I didn't even think it was confusing. I was. It was just like, this is my life. This is what it okay, is. Right. Because if you were brought up like that, like that's just the life that you had, right? Gotcha. I guess like retelling the story now, like people might think it's confusing. But when you're living that experience, it's it's not confusing because that's, that's all you've that's ever all, known. Yeah. yeah, so I had gone to Chinese school in Cambodia because we were Chinese. It was, very, it was a very traditional school in Cambodia. Okay. Like we sat in rows. We just listened to the teacher. We wow. did our homework. Yes. <gasps> Yes, I got Get hit. Get fucked. I got hit. Like, Wait, where? Um, on the hand. With on the hand. my bare palm too? Um, no, with a cane. <gasps> it was an actual cane. and I. Holy fuck. And I, I remember I didn't do my homework one time or something and I got smacked on the, on the hand. And I... Okay, maybe. So, isn't that so yeah. funny that if you like, if you did that here, it'd be like... 
don't know, lawsuit. Like send the teacher to jail. Yeah. No more career for That's the teacher. That's so fucking funny. Um, I remember getting hit in the hand and I remember... I remember being punished because in the Chinese school in Cambodia, there would be like 70 students in a in class. In one class. Yeah, in wow. one class. And it it was weird because it, like in Australia, we have like you go into school and it's right, like it's age based. Mm. Um, but in Cambodia, it was level based. If you didn't know the language, you would enroll. I was probably five when I first started. I was in a class with like much older people as well. Yeah, because they, they might they might have just enrolled because... They just started their Chinese journey or whatever. Yes, I. I, I, I... <laughs> their Chinese, the Chinese journey. journey. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting deep here. Um, I, I, yeah, but I remember getting hit. Were you disciplined with hitting as a kid with your parents? Yes, a hundred percent. Wow. Um, we were hit. not wow. Understandable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like understand. Me too. Yeah, the like, fuck you mean? Like that, <laughs> like literally like that, and it. It wasn't just the hand. Mm. It was like incense. The incense you used to pray or like Does incense. Oh, do you want me to hit you with oh, an incense right now? It fucking hurts, okay. yeah. It oh. because it's so small and it's flexible. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, my my dad did the um. He did. I don't know why we had a kite. Like we had a couple of kites, yeah. and with a kite, it's kind of like I feel like it's metal but it's plastic around it but it's very flexible yes so when you do when you wave it you can yes. hear the the air wind or whatever yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. we got that we got mm. the fly swat we got the wooden spoon How well, many? We, we don't own wooden spoons <laughs> in my house there should genuinely be a statistic of yeah. how many wooden spoons are broken Per year in an Asian family household. But we don't even have one because we don't I, use wooden spoons. Well, it might not be a wooden spoon, but it could be like a wooden, like, it's just a wooden anything. Like a chopstick. Right? But yeah. our chopsticks were too short. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, no, we got, we, we got the inset. We okay. got, we got the, the fly swat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or just anything close gotcha. by. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Which sounds really violent. Yeah, I know, yeah. like, it's, but it's, it's, it's what they had to do. And I don't resent my parents for it. And I read... If you've ever read Battle Hymn of a Tiger Mother, have you heard of the book? I have not. Um, it's about this Asian American who raises a, her child as an Asian. Okay. Yeah, but she said, it's by Amy Chua, by the way. I'm not getting paid for this sponsorship, but I should be. But she said, um, Asian parents hit their children, but their children don't grow up to resent them like white kids do. A fucking mic drop. And and that stuck with me because I I do not resent my parents at all. Neither do I. Right, but you hear so many um, broken relationships between Caucasian families between their fam like between their parents and their child where it's just they don't speak or they don't. Right. That is so fucking. And and that got to me, and I was like, I'm hitting my kids. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking hit my kids. You best believe I'm gonna fucking snap the shit out of you <laughs> with the with the closest thing I can find. Yeah, like even if I don't want to hit them, I'm gonna yeah. fucking hit them. Yeah, yeah, that really like that got to me, and I was like, wow, that's so true. Like I don't resent my parents, and you, I don't hear a lot of Asians oh, really being like, oh my god, my parents hit me when we were younger, and now I hate them. Yeah, yeah, like I, you get it, you get it, you mm-hmm. get it. Like they they did it because 
Oh my god, this is gonna sound so bad, but they they hit me because they loved me. Yeah, <laughs> and they expected more for you. So, but I think that's also like a cultural thing. A hundred percent. I feel yeah, like, like if if yeah. if I was speaking to like if we were speaking to like a Caucasian person, they yeah. should be like, "You guys are fucking retarded. No, like they, you don't get like you don't get what? It. Yeah. What do you mean? I'm sending my fucking dad to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Lawsuit. <laughs> oh my god. Like I I would not be able to do that. But I think it's also because culturally we're t- like we were brought up to respect our elders like we feel and i confucius feel confucius values yeah like I, I, I think we yeah. just our views of love and our views of harmony and connection is mm. slightly different to someone else who grew up in a yeah. more caucasian household yeah and it's purely coming down to kind of you know our upbringing obviously yeah, and like the, the values that we have yeah yeah values values that's what it is tell me more about okay Shot or no? Yeah, fuck it. Let's do a shot. Isn't it funny that we like, you know, like we've been friends for so long and we've never even have a, had a conversation like this. But also because like you don't really sit down and be like, so tell me about how you, how yeah, you, you grew up. Here. How you grew up. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like how, like did your parents hit you? Yeah. Like, but we, because we just knew that our parents mm. probably did hit us. And I remember like when I, I think I was like probably 12 or 13 or okay. something. And I said to my cousin, um, my, my mom doesn't hit me anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my mom doesn't hit me anymore. Yeah. Like, she gets angry, but she doesn't hit me anymore. Mm. And she goes, yeah, well, you're pretty old now. Mm. <laughs> like, you wouldn't... Yeah, and, and, and that's when I realised, maybe parents don't hit... My parents stopped... When, when, when was... When? When when did you say again? My parents stopped hitting me when I was in year six. Like, basically when yeah. I was in high school. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just out of nowhere. Just They just stopped. Mm. They just stopped. And I think, I think it's because... Like they know you should know better. They know you should know, and then you feel different emotions. Like yeah, I reckon if they started hitting you after year six, it'd be like, like you'd be, you'd be yeah, like you'd be able to register like this is not right, and they they probably don't feel the need to do yes. that. Yes, and, and you know what I I remember my mum was like, oh, you know, in this stupid country <laughs> that she voluntarily moved to, <laughs> you know, in this stupid country, the kids can sue their parents for violence. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, you better fucking watch out, bitch, because I'm going to fucking see you one day. <laughs> I, didn't say, I didn't say it like that, but, but I was like, yeah, you know what? You better watch out because I'm probably going to see you one day if it gets out of hand. And she goes, yeah, go. Oh, go. You dare yeah. to do it? You, yeah. da- you dare to do it after all the things I've done for you? And I was like, like, I was never going to do it. Like, mm. I was never going to sue my mom. Like, that's just so foreign to me. That's so, so, so foreign Look, to me. In Caucasian's defense, I feel like that's really... Un- I-, I feel like you you just have to be really, one, troubled or like have a really tumultuous relationship with your parents to even sue your parents you know yeah like yeah, i think yeah, that's yeah. like very it's not just like oh yeah or or like yeah. fucking white people just fucking sue their parents or <laughs> but whatever. that's the stereotype right yeah, yeah, yeah. well if they're allowed to stereotype us we yeah. can stereotype them yeah, yeah. I, I remember having that conversation and, and like even though i was never gonna do it it was yeah. it was just the way that like it's just the way that my mom and i speak yeah yeah, she was just like, yeah, I dare you to do it. I dare you to do it. I dare you to do it. And you should have written out like a fucking fake letter. <laughs> <laughs> New South Wales police. <laughs> you have been summoned to court for blah, blah, blah. Straight out. All right, yeah. shot. I'm drunk. I'm getting there. You're getting there or you're actually drunk or no? Yes. What's yes to? Yes to. I fucking love that shot. So are you lit or no? I'm litty. Okay. I'm litty. I'm litty. I'm litty. I wish I, wish I was this litty when we started. I think Go on, fuck it. They're gonna listen to our slow descent into just fucking inebriation. <laughs> like, and I just remember it being so different 
because we sat in rows and then in Australia we would sit in table groups and we would do activities like having scissors and cutting like when you do cut and paste in school we we never had any of that we never had any coloring in we never had any we did sport we did like we did running and stuff but we didn't cut and paste we didn't do like just the activity that you do in school oh, i thought that was so strange like and and i didn't feel like i was learning while i was at school i was cutting and pasting cutting and pasting was like something you do in your free time right so i didn't feel like i was learning and i remember this like milestone moment when i wanted a sharpener and i wanted a sharpener and at this point i still i still felt like i was not Could you speak english at this time? No. No. I, I remember my my parents enrolled me into an english school in Cambodia so i knew the alphabet like abc whatever but i didn't know how to speak. abc or whatever. <laughs> whatever the fucking alphabet is. abc omega delta whatever <laughs> it is. I knew like hi how are you but i didn't know how to communicate with people efficiently like how how to talk to people. I remember i wanted a sharpener and i, I was just like sharpener and I, I and I surprised myself. I was like, "Wow, I really said that. I really said sharpener. I really did that. I, I really, really said that word sharpener. <laughs> Who taught me? Because <laughs> oh, I was just cutting and pasting, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what scissors and paper is. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing! And, and I was like, "Wow." So the, when the words came out of your mouth, you said sharpener. You were like, Poof. "I was like sharpener." And then one of the people on the group gave me the sharp one out and I was like holy shit I just communicated like I just communicated wow. yeah and and um yeah and I got the sharp now <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that but like no it was yeah. like I, I obviously it's a moment that like it was has a moment. stuck with you that has been like you now understand what I'm talking about I understand what you're talking about yeah. I want this and you can give me this rather than just them having yes. no idea what you're saying you have no idea what they're saying yeah how did that experience allow you to make friends did you find difficulty in making friends due to that language barrier there was a difficulty because you didn't know how, i didn't know how to communicate like I, I remember this one friend that i had and it was by accident we we were looking into the library and then i said something in cambodian i was like let's go in cambodian or in khmer and he was like are you cambodian yeah, and then and then that's when I realized he was Cambodian. So I made a friend purely because he was also Cambodian. Uh, see, I don't even remember hanging out with him. I just remember being friends. I just I just knew um you had someone that you could like you talk know, to. Yeah, because yeah, he he would understand what I'm saying. Gotcha. Yeah, and I think he like in class he would just help me like speak Aww. and stuff. It was really nice. That's it was really, really nice. nice. So you still still keep in contact with him now? Or? No, I don't know where he is. From primary school, you were then able to learn English, speak English, transition yes. yourself into high school. Yes. What was your high school experience like? I had a really good time in high school. Yeah, I had a really good time in high school. I Were there friends that you had made from primary school that you carried on to high school or was it completely like a new start? Yeah, I had a couple of friends from, from, from primary school who went to high school. Um, and I think that was common because... Like we, it was pretty close. Like we, like the high, the primary school that I went to and the high school that I went to. Was it's like that close. gradual. Like if you went yeah. to this primary school, you go to that high school. Yeah. How did you make friends in school? Um. I don't know. I can't answer that question with a proper answer because I feel like when, when you make friends, I don't know. I'm just not the type of person to be like, oh, I'm gonna be that person's friend. I'm gonna go up to that person and talk to them and have them be my friend. The funny thing is, like when when people are like family. You can't choose your families, but you can choose your friends. I sort of don't believe in that. 
because I don't make friends because I want to be friends with that person. I honestly feel like the connection you make with people, the one that lasts a long time, like like us and our high school friends that we still talk to, I, I genuinely feel like you can't you can't force it. You can't be like, I'm gonna be that person's friend and have that person be your friend for a long you time. You can't you can't have that mindset at the outset. It kind yes. of just happens. Yes, it happens. How many times does it happen to you where you're like you don't even think that you're gonna be friends with that person. Yeah. And then it just happens. And then it just happens and 100%. And, and then you're friends and yeah, because That's most of my friends. Yeah, because because it's to to be a friend, you have to have that be connection. Yourself. You have to be yourself. You're able to be yourself and yeah. you're you, like you just have that connection. Yeah. And it's just In short, you can't you would say like you can't pinpoint exactly how you kind of made friends you were yes. just yourself and the people that were your friends were just attracted to you i i just sort of like oh if we're talking and we're like you know if we're having a good time together like that's that's it that's but, and, and yeah. yeah and so so when you asked me how did you make friends in high school it wasn't like i got into high school and then decided i wanted to, to make friends it's just something that happened like um you just being yourself yeah like like with us like you know like i and i didn't even think oh my god jennifer's gonna be my friend because i just it just happened did you enjoy your time in high school i did i enjoyed my time in high school a lot and i, I and i didn't realize that until i had gone into uni that holy shit I really loved my high school life because I was, um, I think a part of it was because I was in my hometown, I was in an area where I knew people, I like had friends and I didn't have to make new friends and all of a sudden when I got into uni it was like all different and I, and I hated uni for like the first six months because of that. Do you think that it is very interesting that like everybody that loves their high school life, myself included, mm -hmm. fucking hated university. Mm -hmm. yep. I mm -hmm. genuinely felt that when I would get into university, I'd yes. make so many friends, like it'd be a different experience, like it wouldn't be the same as high school. Yep. And looking back on my university experience, like I could not compare that to my high school experience i mm. loved high school i loved high and school. i feel bad having to admit that because of how many Why? people because of how many people say that like high school should not be fun or like it's more i, no. I definitely feel like it's more an american thing yeah but i loved high school i loved high school i loved high school and i, I fucking hated university i hated uni i hated i hated uni for i hated uni for maybe the first six months and then I got into it and then now reflecting on my uni life, I was like, holy shit, I wish I had that back. Like I wish, but I think that's just the progression of our life. The reason why I liked uni was because of the flexibility, because you could yes. hang out with your high school friends yes. and you know, yes. but like I, I couldn't say that like I loved uni because of like the people or whatever, like no. I liked uni because of the flexibility, <laughs> but I fucking hated uni because of yes. the people or whatever. But everybody's experience is so different. Like I, yeah. I'm not about to spend an hour and a half at uni to take an hour and a bus, an hour and a half bus home ride. Yes. Bus. bus and train. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. a bus and a train for yeah. us. Yeah, it's not like, a vibe. It's, it's not for us. Oh, no. well, it's not for me. I I felt like uni for me was 
go in, do your, do whatever you need to do, get and the then just out. get the fuck out. You know what? Yeah. Isn't it so... A lot of people from the West, or like from our area, or people who live far away from uni, their experience typically is go to uni, study, mm. go home. That's it. Yeah. People who have the means to be fucking out at uni, yes. like you only have to go home, like yes. it takes you like 20 minutes to go home. Obviously, yes, you would have yes, a fucking yes. good, like uni experience. Or people who live on campus. 100%. I wish I had that life. If I had yeah. lived on campus, I think my uni life would have been... Different. What did you study in uni? So out of high school, I did a Bachelor of Design Honours and I also did a Bachelor of PR and Advertising. Can you tell me what the fuck that is? Sorry. What is design? What is honours? What is everything that you said? Okay. So... <laughs> what? <laughs> what, you want to take a shot? Yeah, I'll take my shirt off. I don't want to take my shirt off. Um, I felt like design for me was thinking of creative solutions to problems that we have every day. And, and that's, still, that's still the definition that I have. So how do you solve problems that we have every day in a creative way. That's design. How did you get into that? I got into that because I did design in high school and I thought, wow, I really love exercising my creative skills. I love thinking outside of the box and that's what I really enjoy doing. When we did our, like, our uni open days and stuff and it was like media and design. And I was like, this is me, this is me on a page. And people have told me this is me on the page. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I questioned myself every day. Like, why did I get into that mm. field? Mm. And design is more than just making pretty dresses and designing pretty houses and, and designing websites, websites and, and stuff. Right. And I got myself into the course, which I was pretty proud of. And bitch was a fucking... Bitch was what? <laughs> she was, he was a fucking, he was our captain. Design to me means to marry the art of expression and commercialism together. And I think sometimes we look at something and we think it's beautiful, it's, it's, it's spectacular, but we, what do we do with it mm. other than just looking at it, right? So then it leads me to thinking, how can we make something beautiful and spectacular to solve a problem? And whatever problem that it solves, that's what design is. There's, there's definitely a commercial part of it and there's definitely an artistic part of it, which is why I think sometimes the art world look at designers and they think you're second class. Yeah. But we, 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 just, we just put the creative world with the commercial world to something that we can actually practically use. Maybe some high-end designers are look, like <laughs> listening to this podcast and they're like, holy shit, they're talking about the wrong thing. I, I feel like I've, I've always been somebody who wants to always change the norm. People probably can't relate to this, but there's, we used to buy CDs and there used to be like karaoke CDs and stuff. <laughs> and they, they, there's always like two sides of the front cover. I yeah. would always flip it. I would always flip the cover to, to the other side because What I'm does like, that mean? Yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> no. <laughs> because because I feel like what? there's always an alternative to something that you can do. Fucking oh. No. There's there's a, there's always something more. There's always yeah. something that you can that you can change to make it 
better, maybe better than what it is. or different yeah. or change the solution right and and that doesn't always happen mm. that doesn't always happen mm. and designers and creative people are always thinking of things that they can do to make the world better to make the world different okay the, the thing that ticks me off is people want to make things different just for the sake of being different but if there's no purpose to what the difference is what's the point you studied design what yeah. made you transition into the career that you are now? So, um, as a child, as an adult, as a person, I feel like I always wanted to be a teacher because I just had, like, I, I'm just always drawn to that profession. I, I, I wanted to pass on knowledge. I wanted to, I, I think for me, it's more about making a difference in the world. It's, it's more about giving the knowledge to the people and yeah, and in high school, I loved design so much. I loved being creative and I still do. I still do love that life. So you have, you believe that there has to be a creative flair in someone to pursue this type of career? I think creativity can't be taught, but creativity can be nurtured. Like when you talk about nature versus nurture, it's one of those things where you have to have that spark inside of you to be able to to like expand that expand like explore yes. it yeah and, and allow that space for that i wanted to make a um career out of a hobby and the hobby should have just stayed a hobby i was probably like two three years into my degree which was the media degree and the design degree and i thought i probably should get out i probably should do something else but i only had like a year and a half or two years to go. Can I ask you what prompted that thought? Um, I did a couple of internships and I just thought, I don't want this life. I don't want to be in front of a computer. I can't be in front of a computer. I can't do the office life nine to five and just... This is it. This is it. Be on yeah. my own. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, so that's, that's why I didn't stay. But I graduated, but I just didn't stay. And then, so I worked in digital marketing for about a year and a half. I did design and I did PR and I did advertising and I did all of that. But I realized it was just, I wasn't contributing anything to the world. Like I was just helping other people make money. Yeah, like my, my parents would have thought it was fulfilling because you had a job, you, you got paid and you got to do all these things. And yeah. I just thought, I'm not doing anything that yeah. is helping anyone in my mm. life mm. so then I um I enrolled to teaching and I feel like I always wanted to do teaching because I I guess it was something not rewarding like it's a rewarding profession but I didn't think about it about me I didn't I didn't want teaching as a rewarding profession to be for me because it's not about me it's about the children <laughs> children not the house have you ever felt different in high school i thought i felt different my whole life i just feel like i don't really fit into our mold i don't really fit into like what everybody else is doing the way people dress the way people act the way people are doing things like i've never had an inherent i guess wanting to to do what everybody else is doing and i felt like that was different 
if we like if we specify that down to like sexuality for example mm. what do you identify as right now cambodian <laughs> <laughs> okay so this this to me was the battle like we we were speaking about battles with like cultural identity before but this to me was i felt the biggest battle that i've ever had with myself because i don't know i don't even know how to answer to your question like i i don't even know like i don't even know where to begin like where but when people ask you like are you straight are you gay like do you i i can't even give them an answer because i feel like i take them on that tangent because i don't even know what i am yeah is it is it, is it something that like stopping yourself from asking you that question or is it more just like i genuinely have no idea i find i find men and women very attractive to mm. me. so but both men and women Yes. So would but you say you're bi or no? No. So why because, wouldn't because, you? Because because I don't I don't find women as attractive as I do men. Okay. In, yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's so interesting. Or like you find male more yes. attractive, but you do see the attractiveness in women. Yes. But I could you say like you could date a woman? I could date a woman. Mm. If she was like hot. Okay. So obviously me. Yeah, 100%. Gotcha. You, want, you want to go to dinner next week? <laughs> is sexuality something that you can't necessarily, like, define? For, for, for me, I feel like, yes. So, when people ask me, I, I feel like I always have to go into this, like, like tangent and, like, thing and... Explain yourself. Yeah, explain myself. And I feel like I shouldn't have to explain myself. Mm. Because... There should be a quote-unquote label for it. Mm. So if and I just say that I'm like this, I don't have to counteract with so many questions. A lot of people don't know what I mean. And I feel like I have to explain myself, but I can't even explain myself. But I feel like maybe we don't have to identify ourselves as anything. I don't think you do. No. And I don't know. I always get like very nervous and anxious about answering this question because I feel like I have to go on to the, like this tangent and explain yourself. And explain myself. But, like but I feel like, why feel? do I have to explain myself when you don't have to explain yourself, right? I get that. Like, um, maybe I just I just value the connection more than gender. Than gender. Appearance, yes. yeah. Yeah. In our society, mm-hmm. we have been brought up to answer questions in either black or white. But sometimes they're not black or white. Sometimes they're pink and blue and red and a lot of things I, I feel like i have to explain myself to just be normal but i also feel like maybe i don't have to explain myself um did you know from a young age that you feel the way that you do now i to be honest i don't even know how i feel right now but i knew i knew that i was different from other people and i just didn't know how to express it and i feel like in many ways i still don't know how to express it i always have to explain myself like outside of what the answer should be and that's that's what i feel like now so it's not like a matter of i'm lg b q t plus i plus i'm c d f g yes h i j k l n p like you're you're henry yeah like i and i just i just like i don't have, I, I just have a hard time answering that question because I, I don't... It's not like I want to pick a letter. Like, I... I, I it's not that you don't want to pick a letter. It's, it's not that it's I don't want to pick a letter. I just don't you know don't what... You don't identify pe- with I don't, any of them. I don't know which letter to pick. Mm. Right? Like, 
Yeah, like I, I don't even know how to explain it. Like sexuality is not a label. Like no. even if there's no label for it, mm. you can still feel who you are, be who you are and not be yeah. gay straight or any of the other yes. acronyms yeah. in the or letters in the yeah, like, community. Yeah, because community. Because it, it honestly doesn't take up that much space in my mind. Like it, it actually doesn't take up any space in my mind at all. Well, you know what? For a long time, I was like, what is me being who I am to, to you. you? Yeah, and and I think and I think I felt that because because I didn't know who I was. Like I and why does it matter if I don't even think about it? Mm. And it's like pretty. It's it's so different for someone to be like, I actually don't think I'm any of the above. You know, like mm-hmm. in, in a multiple choice question, for example. Yes. You None look the at the above. answers. And you're yes. literally like D or whatever. Z, none of the above. It'll be N, none Is of it? the above. <laughs> and it's so normal. Because we all know D's for dick. <laughs> <laughs> the the progression that our society has come to, like I feel like mm-hmm. if you if we were to have this conversation a couple years ago, genuinely I feel like I would still literally be like, but what are you but actually? I, I feel like I would struggle too, right? I feel mm. like I would be just like, I had to pick a letter. like, But I don't know, like, what letter do I... And it, it's sort of like on on a on a scale sort of thing. Or on a... If you were to put yourself into a box, like, what box are you going to put yourself into? Yeah. And Who's you just... Yeah, you and you have you to just, be in a box. And, and, and you just have to find the box that makes you feel most comfortable, even though you might not be comfortable in that box but it's the it's the box that you're most comfortable in i don't think labels are wrong you know like i think Mm. it's good to because you feel like you're part of something else with someone else who has a common label than you yes or whatever and we all want to be part of something exactly yes but we also have to consider the fact that not Mm. everybody is going to be the exact same as you and like yes with sexuality, with, you know, you could, you could see it as, like, personality as well. Like, if, mm. when you take a personality quiz, it's going to tell you that you're going to be an X personality. But that doesn't necessarily mean you 100% resonate to that. And same as sexuality. Like, I think that's what we have to kind of understand. That mm. just because you feel like you are so straight or you are so gay, it doesn't mean that... Yes. Oh, 100% gay, 100% straight. It doesn't necessarily mean that some other people are going to be maybe 80% straight or 80% yeah. gay. Or Because yes. even oh, genuinely yes. before this conversation, I would dead set sit here and say, like, you're 100% something. You have, you, you have to be something. Exactly. Right? Mm. You have to be something. Yeah. But It's not like that. I don't know. Yeah. For a lot of people, it is. Right? Okay, let's talk to Korea. So... I love Korea. <laughs> South Korea? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the lifestyle was great. Like, I really enjoyed going to the office and um, having that routine and being able to, you know, grabbing a beer, like being able to have a beer at lunch. To me, that was like, wow, like I, like I'm living, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But then I just wasn't, I, I guess I wasn't satisfied with what I was doing. Right. The value um, that you were seeing in the yeah, work that you were doing. Yeah, like and, and not to devalue that industry. Um I just thought that I um it wasn't something that I felt that I loved as much as I thought I did. 
the environment that we were in, it wasn't necessarily promoting creativity, express, ex- expression. For sure, yeah. The type of work that you, you eventually, sure. like the degree that you got in. How did you even make that decision to be like, I'm going to pursue this regardless of what everybody else thinks? Like, for sure not. Like, especially where we grew up. Like, the arts was not valued at all. Like, we didn't hear about um, creative people. We didn't hear about... Like the, the, the industry that, that I was in, like we didn't really hear much about those types of people and because we, we just thought, okay, so we're going to get out of high school, we're going to go into business or we're going to go into medicine or law or something. And those are very prized, mm. right? Those are, and I guess like culturally, those are still very prized. 100%. Um, because they're stable, because they're high earning jobs. But when you, th- when you talk about the arts, it's sort of like the thing that you do on your leisure time. Yeah. It's sort of the thing that you do when you have free time and... But why can't I do that as my job? Why can't I do that as my full-time job? And then in my free time, I'll do something else. You know, you don't hear about people doing law on their free time. <laughs> or you don't hear about people running a business on their free time, yeah. which happens a lot now, mm. right? But you like when we were growing up, like that wasn't something that was viable. That wasn't something that we could, that was supported. I never wanted to go to uni anyway. Like I, I sort of wanted to get out of high school and then just work. I just wanted to work. I just wanted to... Like, just do something. I don't want to study anymore. I guess just with the social norms that we were in, I eventually got into uni. I got into that degree because I didn't want to be stuck doing something that I didn't like. Right? And because it was, like, a uni degree, that satisfied my parents because, you know, then I was at uni. Deep down inside, when people asked me when I was younger, what do you want to be when you grow up? I always knew that I wanted to be a teacher like I, I just wanted to be a teacher but that sort of took the back burner because I had done design in high school and I thought I really enjoy doing this I'm going to try to turn this like like as I said a hobby into a career but then I realized as when I was working in that industry that I didn't I wasn't happy like I wasn't I felt like I wasn't living my life mm. um, even though it was such a I guess it was a good hard to go on like I was invited to press events I was invited to like all these things where we like got to party and stuff um but it, it, it just felt like I wasn't fulfilling what I was meant to do and yeah I I just thought if I sort of felt like I was I was just living life aimlessly like I just I didn't have a target I didn't have a goal and like I don't, I don't make goals but in that moment I was like wow shit I need to I need to do something that that really satisfied and Puts value into your Puts work. value into my life. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you had finished that degree or um, were you yes. a couple years in where, when did you make that transition into doing your, and jump signing your new career? Throughout my, my bachelor, I had, I had known that I wanted to, to do teaching. So spoiler alert, I'm a teacher now. So like, I always wanted to do a teacher, like I do a teacher. I always wanted to be a teacher. <laughs> He'd always want to fuck a teacher. Yeah. yeah that's hot. <laughs> Um, no, I always wanted to, to, to be a teacher because I don't know. I just felt like that's what I was meant to do. You're meant to do. Like that's, it was like my calling. Like I wanted to do it. Um, but because I had gotten to uni for that degree, I just like, I just did it. And I hated uni. Like I, in, like in the first part of uni, I hated it because it was so different to what I had experienced from high school. So then when I really felt like I wanted to switch, I was like, shit, I'm already two and a half, three years into this degree, I might as well just finish it. And then I can just, if I wanted to, I can just do a master's and then get into teaching later. 
So I, it was always at the back of my mind. Also because when I would talk to my teacher friends about it, I would be like, damn, like I, I want to have that life. Like I want to be able to relate to them and talk to them about the things that they're talking about now. Um, so that was part of it. But I, I ended up sticking to it and then I finished my degree um, and I worked a little bit and I thought, no, this was it. This is like, like when you know, you know, sort of thing. That's, and then that's when I knew. So then I um, enrolled myself back into uni, did my master's of teaching and um, yeah, and now I'm teaching. Are there any kind of regrets or anything? No, well, no. Like I, I feel like I am where I'm supposed to be. Like, and this is going to sound so corny and this is going to sound so cheesy and it's going to sound so whatever. What I'm doing now is what my purpose is in life. Like I feel like I was put on this earth to do this. I think it's because I enjoy it right outside of just a hobby which was what I went into design to do and advertising to do don't get me wrong I still love that life I still love being creative and I love doing that but I think being in the classroom being in that environment being with like the students and stuff that's that's what I that's what I want to do like that's that's me do you feel like you're still able to express yourself creatively in the role that you have now I try to I try to because as a teacher, you are still able to, to sort of like, okay. So how I express myself creatively is through creating my worksheets. I love creating my worksheets and they're all just like how I want it to be. At the beginning of the year, when I was like decorating my room or putting my, like my posters up and stuff, like you would know, like the things that I created were, were, were things that I made myself. So I, I think I express my creative side through that. And I, and I quite enjoy doing that, but, um, at the same time, there's not a lot of time for me to do that because that's not the core of what I'm doing. Can you see yourself being a teacher for the rest of your life? I think I can. I think I can. Um, because I feel like that's, that's what I want to do. Like I don't, and I get sad about it thinking about, oh my God, what's my next career move and stuff because I honestly don't know what what, what I want to do because I guess this was already like my second career move um so yeah I do I do see that but I think this is going to get political but like um I think with the way that teaching is going not a little not a lot of people would stay mm. um but that's because of like the politics around it and without getting into all of that with, with education and with teaching, it's not just the teaching at the moment. It's, it's the teaching. And then there's a lot of stuff that happens around it. So I just feel like if I was just able to just teach, it would be the dream, mm. but there's just a lot of things happening around it. So I, 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 yeah, the teaching itself, I love, but yeah, the other stuff, not so much. I think typically uni is, a way for you to decide what you do and don't like. So you yes. know, you start in certain things, you're like, you know, I don't really, like, mm. I don't, I don't really like that. And you do an elective, you're like, oh, actually, I really enjoy that. Let me like, you know, transfer into this or whatnot. But if we're coming from like a, a monetary perspective, you don't necessarily mm. have fuck off money, and you don't really want to rack up like a massive hex debt no. just to like pick and choose what you want to do. When I told my parents that I'm gonna go back to uni, they they were like, why? Why would you, why would you go back to uni? Like you, you just finished a fucking degree. You just finished your degree. You got a job. You like, you're okay. Like, why would you go back? But I think that's the thing they don't understand. Like the satisfaction, like job satisfaction, is not their thing because once you have a job, 
it's just a money maker for you. Like, you know what I mean? But like, I just wanted more, more, right? And that's such more a Western, not, yeah. that's just such a Western concept. Because if I was still living in Cambodia, that I would probably just stuck with it. Mm. Yeah, but I probably wouldn't have gone into design either. I'll probably just... It's living in a society that gives you more options. Like yes. you have the option to say no or you... Mm. It's literally having the option to be like, no, yes. I don't want that for myself. Like, mm. I want something different. Whereas, you know, like a lot of um, Asian culture, it's like, if you make that choice, you have to stick with it for the rest of your life. Like, if mm. we even translate that to, like, relationships, for example. Yeah. Realistically, like, if we look at, like, divorce and stuff, like, obviously no one wants to fucking get divorced. But if you're yes. in an un- unhappy relationship, mm. you have the ability to end that. Whereas yes. if you take it to like Asia, for example, they'd be like, holy fuck, you cannot divorce. Try to divorce. make it work. Yeah, yeah like, you like, cannot divorce. Yes. No, yeah. why, why the fuck would you do that? It's like you see it as such a bad thing when yeah. changing, change and pivoting and doing something different is so healthy. It is, it's literally you trying to find your purpose. And that's yes. what, where I feel like we're still kind of bound yes. by sometimes. Yes. Mm. Yeah. But I always felt like I, like this was my purpose. Like I always, I felt like I knew this was what I was supposed to do, but I just took a detour gotcha. into doing what I thought I liked. And like, I like it. I like it. I love, I love being creative and stuff. It's just not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Like I wasn't, like I wasn't really contributing anything to society. Like I, mm. um, this is going to sound like I'm shitting on the profession, but I just felt like I was making money for other people. Mm. That's what I felt like. And you like. probably were. Yeah, and I yeah. probably was. Um, but now I feel like I'm actually doing something that is... More impactful. More impactful. Like, I'm actually contributing something to the world. Like, when I die, I'm, I can just say, this is my contribution to the world. And, like, teachers, we don't, we don't, we don't do what we do because of the money. Honestly, because it's not worth it. Like, it's, it's, it's not worth it. Like, you, you think we are in school from nine to three. We're not. It's a lot longer than that. And, mm. like, I'm not going to even give validation to people who think that. Because it's just something that, yeah, like, it's, it's, not, it's not what you think it is. It's, it's a lot more. What would you say to people who are like, oh, but teaching, you're only there for 93. You have the fucking six weeks off at the end of term and you have like fucking two week breaks. Like oh. you, you need that. Like, you know, people are working throughout the whole fucking year and mm. you guys only have to work X amount. Yeah. What would you say to people who have that opinion? I don't want it to sound defensive. Fuck you. Right? <laughs> well, yes, but fuck you. I don't want it to sound defensive because um, it will come across like that. But it's a lot more than what you think it is. Like, even even before I got into it, I'm always saying to my teacher friends, I'm like, why didn't you tell me this is what the life was going to be like? You know, like, um, but it's a lot more than that. Like, it's, yes, we're paid from nine to three. A lot of the prep work happens outside of those hours. A lot of the marking happens outside of those hours. And we don't, we, we don't really get extra time to, you know, plan for the lessons that we have to teach or get the resources that we have to teach, um, like to use. And it's just a lot. Mm. And we're more than just people in the front of the classroom teaching your kids something. We have to look at whether they're eating lunch. We have to look at, you know, if they come to school with bruises and stuff because we're like... It's a duty of care. Yeah, it's, it's our duty of care to look after the well-being of the child as well. So we, we become sort of like their secondary parent. 
it's tough, yeah? Like, because you're you're in a classroom with 30 kids and you have to look out for each of those 30 kids. And if you don't do your job properly and if somebody falls through the crack, then you there's, like, a legal liability that you have wow. for that. So it's not it's not just... It's no longer just, like, a moral or ethical responsibility. It's, like, it becomes a legal thing that you have to look after. So it's... It's it's a lot. Um, yes, we get our our holidays, but can you imagine working for so long, planning, prepping, doing all that stuff? Like when I come home at three o'clock, I am dead. I'm done. I take a nap, and when I wake up from my nap, I'm preparing the next day's lessons or the next week's lesson. Or yeah. So in that hol- in the holidays, we try to do as much as as we can to prepare for what's happening the next term. Like, it's, it's great. The holiday is great because we don't have to work. Mm. But at the same time, we, we are still working because we're, we're doing stuff that... Behind the scenes. We're doing the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, but we do it because we love doing it. Like, we don't do it because we want the money or we mm. don't do it because of the holidays. Mm-hmm. Because in the holidays, we're still pretty much working. Wow. But yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's so good. So good. I love it. So bad. So tiring. <laughs> Help. Get me out of here. <laughs> Kill me. Kill me right now. Like, you know, sometimes I do think that death is an easier option. Oh. Like, sorry, that's very, that's very morbid, but <laughs> it's a lot. But don't you think sometimes in life, you just like, if you just ended me now, it would just end all my problems. And... I want to say yes or no. Like there's definitely yeah. times where I'm just like, if I'm going through a fucking rough patch, I would be lying to be like, I've never had that thought of being like, man, if I could just like disappear, that'd mm. be great. But I would... if I could disappear. Yeah. Mm. But even disappearing is not enough. You just oh. have to like fucking end me. Oh, okay. Oh, is that sexy? Maybe that's it. A... <laughs> Does that Maybe that's one? a bigger conversation <laughs> that we should have. That's another podcast. That's another podcast That's episode. another podcast, yes. Some fire questions. Okay, fire, fire me. What does your life look like in five years? Ooh, five years. I hope, I hope that I'm not napping as much as I am now in five years. Or I hope that I'm not as tired as I am. Because every time you'll be like, hey, how are you? I'm like, I'm fucking tired, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm exhausted. Like, I hope I'm not like that. I'd hope to be to, to still be teaching, um, but I hope that I'm, I guess, better able to balance what I'm doing and not take it with me on the weekends and stuff. Yeah. Do you think you still be like in our in the Western Sydney suburbs? Like, do you see yourself moving outside of? Yeah, I I love I love South Western Sydney. Like I like people are like, oh, I'm gonna move out of the West. I'm gonna you know go somewhere and stuff and. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, like, if that's what you want. Like, I've already made a massive move in my life, like, and this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, I I guess I'd probably adapt if I did move, but by choice, I probably wouldn't. If I were to move out, I feel like it would be a waste to still move out into the same area that you grew up in. I get that. Because yep. it's like, you can always have your family home. Like, if you are to move out, wouldn't you want, like, yes. a different you know, I, environment? I You're yes. going to be around different people. You have the experience of being somewhere different. But I yes. guess that's just a with like it's context. Like it's people yes. don't feel that. Like some people want to feel like they're still a part of a community mm. and they're close to their friends. Yes. Whereas for me, I'm like, but if I wanted to be close to you, I could still be because I I could yes. be living at my parents' house. Do you know what I mean? Yes. No, I do get that. But if I was to do that, I'd go somewhere very far away. Like I'd probably move to another country or. Do you see yourself moving to another country ever? <sighs> Probably not, probably not. But if I was to have that mentality of, if I was to move out, I would go somewhere completely different. I'd probably go to another country to like, I don't know, restart life or whatever. I guess so much of my life and my lifestyle is centered around 
where I am, like around here. Um, wow, 53 is here. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't believe that. Yeah, like all my friends are here. Like, like we, we rarely go into the city anymore. Whether it's like we're going out or we're just hanging out at somebody's house, it's always just in the area. Like it's always just around here. So that's why I, I feel like if, if I was to move out, I just move out to around here because I work in the area. I, I don't know, like live my life in the areas, but I just feel like I have no reason to go anywhere else. Mm. Like I have, I don't, everything is here for you. Everything is here for me. Like my family's here. My friends are here. My work is here. My, um, yeah. Like I don't have a reason to go anywhere else I get you. unless Unless I'm trying to, like, escape or something, mm. which, I mean, sometimes you just want to fucking escape. But, yeah. Um, although, 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 I, although I, I think I am pretty adaptive. Like, I do, I, I do think that I, if I was to move to another area or another state or another country, I think I'll be able to be fine with being there. But I just, like, on my mind, I just wouldn't voluntarily go. Do you see yourself having kids? Ooh. Um, I don't see kids in my future. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see kids in my future, but maybe I'll change my mind. But I don't know, right? Like every time, like it's not like I get asked that a lot, but mm. I, I don't, I don't, I, I just feel like I need to look after me first. Mm. I feel you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. like I don't, I Fuck don't these know. these fucking gremlins. <laughs> They're gonna turn out like me, and I'm just no, no, thank you. I, I can't deal with. Mm. Right now, I don't think that I see kids in my future. What is your, do you have any kind of projects you're working on at the moment or any uh, interest outside of teaching right now? Yeah, just trying to stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> Henry parties every single fucking weekend. No, I don't know no, how but, he's going to, but, to get that up. But, but uh, outside of that, yeah, just, um, but no, I, yeah, because I'm so new to my job because I've swapped and whatever. Um, I just feel like just trying to get adjusted to that, to that lifestyle more. And I feel like I have, but I, I want to be better, better at having that work-life balance. Yeah. So just adjusting to that. How did you present that to your family? I don't think I asked before, but how was your, you know, parents reaction to, to teaching it and like accepting it? Was it, were there, was there that... Mm. you know like did they kind of try to stop you or and you were like well fuck it like i mean i didn't give a fuck what you think i'm gonna do it anyway (laughs) um well a part of it was that right a part of it was like well this is my life i'm gonna do what i want to do um but they but they did that like they question like i said like they question why would you step away from something that's step away from something that you already have um but yeah they did mention that but it wasn't something that they were going to be like no don't do it because i guess it was like a career that's still quite respectable to them. Yeah, it's not like I was telling them I'm prostituting myself or something. <laughs> you know. But also, what the fuck is wrong with that? <laughs> but there's You're making wrong that with that, point. right? Yeah. Um, they they didn't. Yeah, they, they, it was they were they were like no, don't do it or yeah. whatever. I just I was like yeah, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna do teaching now. Mm, love that. So that's that's that. So it was it was pretty easy transition family wise. If you could go back yes. and tell your 16 year old self. Three pieces of advice. Ooh. What would it be? If I could, if I could turn, turn back, back time, time. <laughs> um, I would 
would say, fuck, what were we doing when we were 16? We were... Heaps of drugs, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not not even. When did you dabble? Can I? Sorry, this is just a segue. When did you kind of start dabbling into that um, area? That area, I I was of legal age. Yes, I was. I was of legal age, but I guess I think we like we drank pretty early on. Because I remember we started drinking at what, like seven, six, 16, 16, yeah. 17. I remember going to one of our other mates' house and we were just raid her dad's liquor cabinet. And we just but it wasn't drink. like, we weren't like a full raging alcoholic. No, it no, no, no. Like, it was like, we try it out. this is thrilling because it was like our first time. Yeah. And I would say, don't question yourself in what you want to do. That's my first piece of advice. I had always known I wanted to be a teacher. Right, but I was like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna do design because I love it. I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to make this a career, and it just didn't. Yeah, it just didn't work out. But I, I'm glad that I did it because I think it took that for me to realize that, yep, this is what I want to do. So because um, you'd always yeah, if you jump straight into teaching, you'd be like. Well, what if I just stepped out of it and like did design? What if I did something else? Mm. Yeah, what if I did? Yeah, so I, I, I almost felt like I needed to do that before I... But if I was to tell my 16-year-old self, I'll be like, don't question... Don't question um, what you want to do. Second piece of advice is... It's always easier to ask for forgiveness than it is for permission. I'm saying this purely because I had so much guilt and I had so much... I felt so bad whenever I'd ask my mum or my, like my parents if I could go out and like do something like with my friends and stuff. And they would say no. And I would just be like, oh, whatever. I just... Because they said no, I'd stay home. Just do it. <laughs> just fucking do it. Because they will always forgive you and they will always, they will always keep you in their care. As I, long as it's in a environment i feel like if you're in judgment like you know that yes it is going to be okay yes yes then yep. do it obviously if you have like doubts being like fuck if my friend's dropping off a fucking building like should no. i do it like, no no, no. I, i'm talking like reasonable. going to the movies or mm. like going to a birthday party or yeah. something like mm. it's all, like just do it you do it and then you can you live with the consequences afterwards because yes. that experience no one can take that away from you yes and yes you need to kind of bite the bullet and do it instead yeah. of just being scared and living in the shadows of your parents. Yes. Right. And, and I, fi I cracked the code early on that if you just tell them that you're going to do something, they'll just be like, okay. Whether if you gave the option to them to say no, they'll probably say no. So don't ask, just tell them. And I feel like maybe it's just the way that I was brought up and my parents as well. I never had to sort of lie to them about where I was like if I was going to a party I'd be like I'm going to a party mm. and that's just always been how I told my parents where I was going no I, yeah. I can't say the same I definitely have told little white lies like no. that being like mm -hmm, yeah I'm, I'm going to a concert and you're fucking uh -huh. going to an overnight rave <laughs> <laughs> core context Henry was our vice school captain <laughs> of our school oh, what shit. made you even want to run for that or like what made you even feel I... like you wanted to okay so such Great responsibility. <laughs> it really wasn't all that, really. Uh, like, I, I never really thought about doing that sort of leadership, anything like that. And I remember when... So in year seven, I didn't do any of that stuff. Mm. And I only did it... And I only started doing it... I, this is going to sound so lame. But I, I started doing it in year eight, which is, like, really early. But I, I would have never done it if... 
our year advisor never came up to me and be like, hey, um, I think you should try it for this. No fucking I, way. Yeah, like she she found me in the playground and she was like, you should you should try it for the SRC wow. or you should. I don't know where she got it from because I didn't know her. Like we didn't have that relationship. Somebody must have told her or something. And then, yeah, so she gave me the form and I and was like... And it's like your mom being like, can you please... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you please tell my son to do this, to, to apply for this? I, I doubt it was my mom. My parents were not involved in my education in any shape or form. But yeah, I, I just remember her coming to me in the playground and she was like, you should do this. Or like, like just... Like she, and then she just handed me the form and I was like, okay, cool, I'll do it. Um, and that's where it started. And then as I got into it, first of all, because... <laughs> do you remember roll call mm. when we had like when they marked our role in the first 15 minutes of school we did jack shit oh because you guys had like your own play. yeah we did we did like we had um we had we had homeroom or roll call um all you had to do was read I yes guess but might. we didn't have to read mm. like i'd rock up late that was still not me here because i was there and we weren't really doing anything mm. but because we were like the responsible children they sort of just let us off i did that from year eight Mm-hmm. So it wasn't something that I was involved in from the beginning, but mm. yeah. And then I was like, wow, this is cool. Like I really, I really do want to make a difference. I really like, I'm, I want to be able to have a voice and change things and do stuff. So that just carried on until I became in year 12. Vice captain. Vice captain. Yeah. Like we honestly, like we got away with so much stuff, like so much stuff as in, um, like we would go late to class or something. Not, not, <laughs> Not like doing drugs in the bathroom or anything. That was very foreign to me. (laughs) That was not me. I was not that student. But like, honestly, like having that role as vice captain, I sort of just felt like I... It always felt like a quota. It always felt like a role the school had to fulfill. Because I, I felt like I didn't... I didn't do anything revolutionary. Do you know what I mean? Like I didn't... But I don't think that's, I don't think that is the role of a vice captain or like a a captain in general. Like (laughs) I don't think you're supposed to fucking spark so much change for your grade. Yeah. I think it's more just supporting your grade. Yeah. 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 If Uh, we wanted to voice something then we could come to you and then you would relay that back onto. Yeah. And I guess, and I guess like we, we didn't really have many problems. Have you experienced any bullying throughout your high school or primary school experience? Life? I think I was very lucky. Like, I, I don't think I've... Yeah, I don't think I experienced much. And, like, as somebody who's, like, new to the country and stuff, like, I... Yeah, I genuinely feel like I, I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I had such a good time in both primary and high school because I felt like everybody was... Yeah, like, I, like you see the stuff on the TV, like, people... Mm-hmm. Like, you get bullied and stuff. But I, I didn't. Honestly, I felt like I had a really good time. I, I know it happens. Like, I know people get court names and I know people, like... Like, which is so disgusting. I feel like it's... Like, why would you... Oh, it's just yuck to me. Like, why would you belittle somebody else? Just do you see that even happening in... when As a teacher, do you see that happening now in your school? Yeah, I do. I do. But it's not to the state where... You, like, that you see on TV. Like, it's not... But maybe because I teach, like, younger kids. Mm. Um, but there's definitely, like, name-calling and stuff. Mm. Yeah. Do you call them out? Yeah. yeah, we do. We have to. Okay, this might sound really controversial, but like, okay. let's say it's like some kids are just being like fucking difficult. Okay, mm-hmm. like, are you ever like, man, I'll fucking back if like, if we were fucking out as well, I'd fucking backhand you. If we were back in Cambodia, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> do you feel like that sometimes towards some kids um, are like, Ugh! 
the concept of that I understand, but like for me, I'm not, I'm not like a violent person. I don't, yeah. I don't, I wouldn't say I don't believe in that. Um, but it's someone else's kid. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I just wouldn't put my hand on somebody else's kid. Like I, I told my mom, I was like, Oh, I raised my voice at this kid because they weren't listening to me. And she goes, Oh no, why would you raise your voice uh, at, you know, like yeah. at somebody else's child. Yeah. And that got me thinking, I was like, yeah, like mm. it's right. Like why, like I shouldn't be even like threatening them or like raising my voice or let alone mm. fucking backhanding them or yeah. something. Yeah. So, but there, there are, there are moments where you're just like, Oh, this shit, this, this motherfucker is a f- is fucking pissed me this, off. Yeah, this this little brat mm. is being really really difficult right now. Mm. But like to 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 feel like I wanna like put my hands on them. No, like I gotcha. I just mm. yeah because I, I think words are very powerful. Mm. I think you can always say something to someone and they would be able to. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I feel like mm. at, at times the words you say to someone might affect them more than mm-hmm. than. Mm, you know, that's so if you interesting. were to like cane them or something. Yeah, I guess working in and being in that um, environment where you are looking after younger kids, the question of nurture versus nature. Mm, yes. What do you think yes. trumps over each other? Oh, like I didn't realize it until I got into teaching that people don't live like us. Like people are not brought up in the same way that we are brought up. Like people, some people don't have homes. Some people don't. Mm. Like they, they, some people are abused. Mm. Some people are, they don't have food on their table. Like you, you realize so much about the human condition that you don't know because like you see these kids, right? And I'm always like, why are you like this? Like, yeah. why, why are you the way that you are? Yeah. And then when you get to understand like their family life and where they've come from, you're sort of like, holy shit, they didn't grow up with both their parents with them. They didn't grow up with adequate resources to support their life. And it's like they've got trauma they've got this they've got that yeah and you 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 know that there's a lot of people out there and like your eyes just become widened with with the world like you know so much about how people live just outside of your own little world but yeah I didn't realize that until I got into teaching that I was like holy shit people people didn't grow up like me like people Mm. didn't grow up with in a safe environment in a safe environment yeah and that's really heartbreaking right because Mm. you're like they should be yeah but they're Absolutely. not so in saying that would you say that nurture is very important yeah i think so i think i think nature is one part of it and then the nurture part is is yeah there's almost like half half like you you could be born as um you could be born with the greatest mind but if you're not nurtured if you're constantly you know not given the correct care mm. what is that mind going to do mm-hmm. nothing so yeah. So, so I understand why, like, we have that duty of care to, to provide the well-being for kids. And that's something that I enjoy doing. Like, it's it's almost like an escape for them if they have a really rough home. Wow. And they come to school and it's something that they can actually enjoy. Thank you so much for coming into the pod. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. No worries. And... Where can we find you social media wise and everything like that? Um, well, I am on, uh, actually, I probably shouldn't advertise this because my socials are on private anyway, but you can find me on Instagram at H-N-L-Y underscore. The underscore is very important. And what uh, about your um, cooking because uh, <laughs> if you want to learn basic cooking, I feel like Henry would be able to help you out with that. Like he is very, 
simplistic. He can teach you a couple of recipes. Um, look, I do. I, 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 I like cooking because I love food, right? I, I, I love eating. Eating is my thing. Mm. And... <laughs> I think it's all of our things. No, but some people, some people eat because some people eat to live. But I feel like no, I, I don't. I, I live to that. eat. Yeah, right? you live to eat. So where can people find you on the ad? Um, you can find me at henrys cooked, which um, is h e n r y s dot c w o k e d. Um, I, I haven't been active on that on that page because life has just been so fucking crazy. Mm. But if um, if you want to check out my awesome food again <laughs> yeah guys follow him on instagram if you want to see great oh. party content on friday or saturday night and if you want recipes as well if you're more wholesome then you can follow him on his his food page on my food page yes thank you so much henry thanks jen love you so much oh i love we'll you. Have you we'll have you back on soon bye, bye. <laughs> yay